a relationship with Jesus, guys. It's one of these things where every moment of our life, every day to day, God is giving us the power and desire to do what pleases him. This is the ease of relationship with him. Now, one of the scriptures that's been burning on my heart over these past few days, I want to read it to you because it's going to equip you guys. Check this out. It's Ephesians 4.16. It says, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Do this with your hands real quick. I just, I, every time I see this in the spirit, this is what I do. Just kind of like, man, Jesus. Check this out. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps other parts to grow so that the entire body, the whole body, is growing healthy and full of love. So catch that for a second. In our relationship with Jesus, he gives you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And in relationship with Jesus, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part to do its own special work. It helps other parts to grow so the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. So I want to piggyback for a second because we cannot steward the things God's calling us to steward if we don't know what those things are. Like, we can't fulfill the Great Commission if we have no idea how the commission works or how to be discipled our own self, right? Like, there's no way we're going to be able to advance the kingdom of God if every moment of our days we're not walking and doing what brings the Father pleasure. It just, you see what I'm saying? Like, you guys tracking with me on this? Like, we're going after something greater than Sunday services, okay? We're going after being at CC's Pizza and praying for a guy and being able to talk to a family about Jesus. We're being able to go to, to Walmart and you're going to go pick up some milk and three people get saved and financial breakthrough happens all in a second. We're going after something far greater as a whole. How are we going to be able to do that? To steward the things God is calling us to. We have to be perfectly joined together in the plan and will of God. But we're going to be unable to steward or manage this thing correctly if we have no idea what it is he's calling us to do. And I believe that a lot of times that what the enemy focuses on is ways to kind of get you in this, these ruts, this constant frustration, these distractions. He's trying to push you out of the will of God. So why? So that you just never get into that deep place with him for him to reveal what he wants to do in your life. Check this out. I love it. Is so good. God, you're good. So you say like, okay, how do I get into a place to where I find out what God's calling me to do? Okay. I'm going to be very simple with this. You have to be in a place of daily relationship and in his word, plain and simple. Check this. In Luke chapter four, it says that Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So Jesus in the synagogue comes into his hometown, his hometown, all right? He's there, he's standing, in the, he's standing in the synagogue, and he starts to read. And what he reads is he reads a prophetic word from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. So he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We know this, right? Check this out. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus's identity. Now check this out. Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus God, because he was still a man on earth. You understand that Jesus shows us that what we can do as men here on earth 
As you read scripture, this is why it's so very important, that as you read scripture, you begin to understand what's actually happening in context. The things Jesus did while he walked on earth before he was crucified, he did as man. 100% man, right? We're there. He understood what it was like to be tempted. He understood what it was like to be attacked. The enemy came to him and said, if you just bow before me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the land. This was something that that God already promised him. This is something God was already going to give him. So what happens in this passage of Scripture is Jesus begins to prophesy his own identity from the Word of God. So this is the way that I want you to read this or see this. Jesus got his identity not from man, but from the very Word of God. He says, I'm anointed. Here he is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This was already written. He was not freshly prophesying this that nobody had said anything. He was reading this from the Bible. A lot of times you have people that church hop looking for a prophet or a prophetic prophetic word over their life. or God, just, just speak to me, right? I've been in that place before. I've been in that place where it's like, Lord, if it, early on, it was, it was so weird. But God, okay, if you want me to pray for that person, I was in a, like maybe a supermarket or something, and I'm walking by the bakery. I'm like, you know, just let them like reach out and grab that pie right there. And if they do that, I, I know it's you, right? Like we're always, I mean, that was like truth. Like I've been there before. Like seriously, like, okay, God, you're calling me to pray for that person. If they put their phone down when I walk up close to them, then I know. Right? Because it's always awkward. God calls you to pray for something that's on the phone. That takes some real, like, obedience. Because you're like, okay, God, you know. And uh, anyway, so you're in that place, guys, where it's going to take the very word of God. Yes, men's words and prophetic words are, we believe in it 100%. But when it comes down to it, in order for you to operate in who God's called you to be, you have to be in daily relationship and in the word of God to understand that. If Jesus got his very identity from the book of Isaiah, what makes us think that we should be getting it anywhere else? You see, because he began to, imagine that. Is Jesus being, like what God was doing was perfectly putting him together to do his own special work. You realize none of you have to ever go to the cross? You guys realize that? Like Jesus' special work and inside of that special work was him going to the cross. So you never for redemptive purposes ever have to go to the cross ever again. So he did his own special work. I was talking to Ronnie a few weeks ago, and we were talking about this very thing, their own special work, and we were just kind of conversating about it. And it was so amazing because within that, we found that she has a heart for the kids. And so she's been teaching and equipping our kids. She taught last week. The kids loved it. It was absolutely amazing. But she was able in that very moment perfectly be joined together with what was happening in Destiny to operate in her special work. And she was able to make the kids healthy and grow full of love. This is why sometimes the body of Christ is not healthy. It's because everybody wants to do what everyone else is doing. And when we want to do what everybody else is doing, we're not going to grow healthy. Imagine having two left arms. That would not be healthy. I mean, right? It's not not the normalcy of these things. You wouldn't be able to, to grow the way you're supposed to grow. In fact, That would be called a deformity. And a lot of times in the kingdom of God, there's deformities because we're trying to reproduce what we see on TV or or reproduce in our body what the, what the, the, oh, they got all the numbers down there. Let's do it. What what are they doing? They got to be doing something to get people in the door. Instead of saying, how can I host him with my own special work so that the people around me can grow healthy and full of love? We got to be getting our identity from the place of secret, from the place of the word of God. Jesus, you're so good. Oh, God. All right. This is, this is, I just want to read this too. 
This is going to kind of alleviate some pressure for you guys. You ready? Ephesians chapter 1, 5 and 6. The Bible says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. What this says here is having being predestined us to adoption as sons, God knew faults, he knew your failures, but yet he called you to be accepted in him. This is why, you ever been in that place, sis? I just met her this morning. You ever been in that place where like, you just feel like sometimes the enemy's like attacking your mind where it's like, okay, I'm not valuable enough. And, 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 and like just these, these constant lies about who you are and like you're never, you're, you're never going to be this. It tries to kind of make you feel depressed. You get angry a little bit. You, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been in that place? <laughs> God's good. Prophetic word. You ever been in that place? And it's like, there's a reason because there's this, this predestination that God has called us to each and every individual because he is all knowing. And in being all knowing, he saw your shortcut, your, your shortcomings. He saw your failures. He saw these things, but yet he chose to love you first. This is the beauty of the love and the heart of God for you to fit perfectly together in the will so that those around you can grow healthy and full of love. If you're not operating the way you're called to operate, then the people around you might not be fulfilling or, or getting what they need to go deeper in the will of God in their life. There's pastors, man. I'm telling you, this is crazy. Now, I'm all for learning from other people, okay? I'm all for that. But I'll never be for doing it exactly the way somebody does, does it to get the results that they've gotten. I think that's how churches fall. That's how they can get into this yesterday's manna type thing. I've been in those leadership meetings where they were like, hey, that worked last year and a lot of people came. Let's do it again without consulting the Holy Spirit at all. Like at all. It just became this norm to do things and reproduce them because they've worked before. Or, hey, that church did it down the street. Let's do it to a T because it worked for them last year. Now, I'm all about inspiration. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Oh, man, that's cool how they did that, you know, because when we release these songs, some of these songs are songs that are written from other churches. Now, we don't play it like they play it. It's very similar, but we gain inspiration from these songs that have just this love and passion. Catch what I'm saying. God's going to use you to inspire somebody else. But the moment that you get into that place where you're not operating in your own special work, the body around you cannot grow healthy and full of love. It's just not going to happen. There are no duplicates in the kingdom of God. That's why the old adage goes that he made you for such a time as this. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only one of you. <laughs> I heard an apostle in San Antonio. He said this one time. He said, do you know that there are secrets that have been laid up for all of time just for you to find out and release? I took that to heart. I really did. I started saying, God, what are, what are some things that you did with David and Moses? Because I want to do something new. I want you to do something. With, I remember one time I was in tears, just, just bawling, crying under the presence of God. And I kept crying out. I just said, Lord, I want you to do something with me you've never done with David or with Moses or with Noah. And I just cried out. God, I, wanted, I want you to do something with me that you never did with, with, with Matthew. That you never did with James. That you never did with John. Like, I want you to bring me to a place where it's my own special work. And the thing that you had reserved for Johnny Acevedo, I want to do that exact thing. This is the heart's cry for a father. Right? 
We want our kids, though we teach and we disciple, we want them to be their own individuals. Because there's going to come a time and place where they have to make their own choices. And we're not going to be tyrants over them and say, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that. We've got to be doing our own special work. I'm going to close up with this, guys. <laughs> As we just read moments ago, it said, God's working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. All right? Where it said pleases him, we can actually translate that to say he's giving you the power to do what satisfies him or brings him satisfaction. <laughs> and the word satisfaction means a confident acceptance of something or a fulfillment of one's wishes or expectations. Point blank, you fulfill God's expectations. That eliminates failure. You realize that? When you know, yeah, yeah, no, come on, yeah. That eliminates failure when you understand that you meet God's expectations. It eliminates failure. You ever been in that place where the thing you struggled with was that fear of failure? I don't want to step out into that ministry because I'm afraid it might fail. We had some doubts about starting a church, even though we knew God, you know, it wasn't would people come. It was like, hey, would we be able to pay the rent monthly in a building? We didn't care. If it was just me and her, that's fine. But that was our concern, right? We were like, man, are we going to be able to like, we, they told us the rent. We were like, oh, God. And he's blown that. There was this, this, this almost this fear of failure because we thought to ourselves, I don't even know if we'd be able to, you know, would this be another expenditure? What if we had to come out of all of our, our own pocket? See, when you understand that you fulfill the expectations of the Lord, that fear of failure that the enemy longs to do that pulls you out of your own special work is eliminated. There are some people that will run from the call of God on their life because of a fear of failure. I don't think I can do that. Nope, I can't talk in front of people. How, who has said that in this room? Come on. I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't talk. My wife, beautiful, beautiful Karen, K-Money, Care Bear, Pastor Karen. She's ministered before on a, you know, but I asked her, I was like, babe, like release over the body. Everything was on a Thursday, release over the body. And she's like, I just, I just don't think I can do it. I just, I don't know. I have trouble speaking in front of people. But I, don't, I don't have nothing to say. It's only going to be five minutes. And she preached longer than me. Like, she's one of the longest length that we have on our podcast. I'm like, babe, you went off. <laughs> she shattered a fear of failure because she trusted the special work that God had called her to. And because of that, it's one of the, it, it is the second most downloaded podcast that we have. Because in her breaking the fear of failure and walking in her own special work, she's able to help the body grow healthy and full of love. I got text. We got emails about this message that she spoke. It's on our podcast. I think it's called Releasing Your Song. It is amazing. It is rich. It is nugget. But she was able to walk in her own special work. Eliana is stepping into an outreach ministry. And I think that's why the enemy has been fighting, trying to fight your health, you and your family, keeping you guys in that place. Because, because think about it, it, it there's no, it's no coincidence that the moment you stepped into release, all this stuff happened. You know what I mean? She's stepping into her own special work for an outreach ministry to make the body grow healthy and full of love. So this is what I'm saying. This is the end of all of it. Jonathan, Justin, whoever wants to come up here, strum around. This is the end of it all. Did y'all both look at each other? That would have been cool if they're like, <laughs> yeah, paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> God is good.
Anybody get anything from this, this message today? Do you get equipped a little bit? Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. You fulfill. Just say that right now. Just say, I fulfill the expectations of God. Come on. Y'all, in everything that you do, your own special work, you're going to fulfill the expectations of God. Do not allow the fear of failure to bring you out of that. Jesus found his identity and who he was in the word of God. And so as you go deeper in your calling, get in the word of God. <laughs> Very important to be in the word. Services are great, but like we always say, the stage was not made for transformation. But the place of secret is where that transformation will come. You're not going to be discipled on everything you need to be discipled on right here from 1030 to noon. We'll teach, we'll equip, but the foundation and the weight of your calling is going to be found in your secret place. When you're home alone with God, when you choose to go into that place. Guys, covenant marriage looks different in private than it does in public. Let's just be real. Covenant marriage between a husband and a wife behind closed doors is so much more intimate than it can be in Walmart. Me and my wife can't get as intimate in Walmart as we get behind, behind the closed doors. Let's be real. When we operate in, in our own special work, we're able to fulfill one another's needs. Yet again, one of the reasons why relationship and covenant marriage is attacked so often. Because husbands or wives are not operating in their special work. So, beloved, I want to ask you as we just kind of get into this place of prayer. I, I don't feel led for us to have an altar ministry or lay hands on anybody. I'm not feeling that. What I'm feeling in this moment is that the Holy Spirit is wanting to stir your heart and awaken you to the call of God on your life. Jesus. So, guys, stand with me as we dismiss ourselves. Jesus. You go ahead, Marissa. That's fine. Yeah. If you want to give, there's a red bucket back there. You can make a check to Destiny Church. You can give cash. You can give online on our PayPal. Jesus. Jesus. If you've been in a place where you've been struggling with a fear of failure or walking in the call of God on your life, just ask Holy Spirit right now. Just break that thing. Just break it. Just break it. If you've been in a place where you feel like, man, like I just, I feel like a failure. I don't think I want to step into that. I mess up too much. God can't use me because of what I did last year. <laughs> just begin to ask Holy Spirit to speak over your heart that you fulfill God's expectations. That he's giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. Come on, this isn't a moment for hands to be laid on. This is a moment for you and Holy Spirit. This is a moment for him to lead you in the truth of your success. That there is no striving. <laughs> the Bible says, not a man, but the Bible, the inspired word of God breathed by Holy Spirit, says that God is giving you the desire and the power to do what satisfies him. From the moment you wake up, to the moment you sleep, 24 hours, seven days a week. It's you, it's him. It's you bringing him satisfaction. So Father, I pray that you would breathe on the hearts this morning. And if there are any ministries or that special work that you're calling your people into, God, we are done with sideline Christianity. Come on, how many are done with sideline Christianity? 
Come on. God, we are done with a pew-sitting mentality. Jesus, we want to operate in the special work that you've called us into. <laughs> God, we don't just want to be an apostle because it sounds cool. And we got like a title. We don't want to be known as a prophet. We don't want to be known as an evangelist. Though the fivefold is much needed, we want to be known as sons and daughters who are operating in their special work. Jesus. The very first time I ever met Britt Fair, I didn't know her. I knew her husband. But she brought me a coffee mug that was Philadelphia Eagles color. Glory to God. She brought me a coffee mug that she had custom created, that I ordered. It was our first meeting. And I said to her, <laughs> I said, Britt, I don't know you, but I'm going to say this over you. I saw you drawing on a stage during worship time, painting and drawing and just releasing prophetic art. Have you ever even thought about that? She said, oh my gosh, no. How many years ago was that, Britt? Like five years ago? It was a while ago. And I said, in that, you're also going to teach and disciples others on not just drawing in prophetic, the prophetic essence of it, but spiritual creativity. And she told me that day, she said, there's no way I could do it. I'm too shy. I, I just can't do it. Years ago. Now look, she's operating her own special work and it's making the body healthy. You see that? The initial conversation we had was this, I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. I'm too shy to be in front of everybody on the stage. And now she's walking in her special work and she's releasing the heart of God through her special work. She may not grab the microphone and prophesy every Sunday, thus saith God, but what she does in her own special work is releases the, the heart of the Father, releases God's heart through pen and paper. So beloved, I want to ask you, what's God calling you to do? If you're a part of Destiny and this is your home church, come see me and my wife. What do you feel you're called to do? This is not a Pastor Johnny and Karen show. <laughs> if you know my heart, you'll know that. What's God calling you to do in the body? What's God calling you to do in the city? But the one thing I want to ask you is this. Before you step out and, and, and you go after the ministry of the stage and the ministry of the lights and all that, that that ministry is starting at home. I learned that before I could love a congregation, I have to love my wife and my children. That before I can stand before you and be an example to anything, I've got to do it with my wife and my children. That before I can help to lead husbands into in, deeper intimacy with their wives and understanding who God's called them to be and prophesying and loving them the way Jesus loved the church, it's got to start in my own household. So, beloved, as you ask the Lord to highlight this special work, may it start in the house, right? So, Father, as we go through the rest of this week, I pray that you would just awaken our hearts to the special work so that we can be perfectly joined together, bringing health and love to the body of Christ. And Lord, if there's any areas where we have ran from the call of God, where we've run from the call you've put in our life, Jesus, we repent. We ask for forgiveness. We ask that you would cleanse us in that moment. But we repent from wrong ways of thinking. God, we repent in any areas where we felt that ministry was only done with a microphone. Whew. We break that. So just as you, Jesus, King Jesus, 
You released your identity on earth through the word of God. Lord, I pray that you take us deeper in our study of the word of God as well. In Jesus' name. So, beloved, your homework for tonight and this week. Now, again, this doesn't benefit me, this doesn't benefit me at all. This is for you. Go to your kitchen table. Fellowship with Jesus. And really quick, we got some new faces in here. We talk a lot about fellowshipping at the, at the table in your household. It's because years ago, Jesus manifested in my living room to me, and he led me to our kitchen table, and he broke a literal piece of bread with me. And he said, this is what I want to do for my body. And I was wrecked. I'll never forget it. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't an encounter. Jesus himself manifested brought me to the kitchen table. So that's why we often talk about going to your kitchen table. I just feel it's a bit of a mandate on my life to release that. So anyway, go to your kitchen table, sit there and just ask the Lord very simply. Just say, God, what are you calling me to do? And are there any areas in my life where I'm not doing it because of a fear of failure? And then ask him, are there any areas where I feel like I'm not meeting your expectations? And if there are some things that you've been holding on to, that he's saying, let those things go, right? That secret stuff, that hurtful stuff, that stuff that you just continue, your flesh just keeps, uh, keeps grabbing at. Ask him to remove those things so that you can go into a greater level of satisfaction in him. So there's your homework, beloved. Father, we just release the peace and the blessings and the joy of God over this house. Of every heart, every tribe, mother, father, son, daughter, aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, grandma, grandpa, everybody that can be represented with the hearts here. We declare a freedom and a, de a deep level of relationship to change the culture and the world around them. In Jesus' name.